Welcome to the State of Diversity. I am Yaren. And I am Maha. And we are fellows at the University of Toronto School of Cities. In this podcast, we will be speaking with Toronto BIPOC content creators regarding their thoughts on their career and the current state of diversity in the Canadian social media space. Kundis Linda Mukandi is a Zimbabwean-born Canadian and a University of Toronto student who created the lifestyle blog Kundisai Linda, where she shares her thoughts on topics such as personal style, travel, self-development, life, fashion and beauty, wellness, and many other joys in her life. Through this, she shares her inspirations with the world. We're so glad to have you here today, Kundi, and welcome. Thank you both so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and meeting you too. Thanks so much for that. So just to start off this interview, we wanted to ask you what inspired you to begin creating content online and what was your motivation behind starting your blog? Yeah, so I think all my life I've kind of just had this passion for capturing the moment and capturing stories, taking photos. I was a pretty adventurous child and just growing up, I had a passion for fashion and all things. So I think a blog made the most sense to kind of put everything in one platform. So the pandemic, I think, really forced me to just sit down and think about, okay, what excites me? What are my hobbies? What am I passionate about? Because it kind of forced us all to, you know, not only rest, but keep find ways to keep busy. So that inspired me to just finally, you know, hop on the opportunity, because it'd been something I've, I've, I've been thinking of doing for so long. So it made sense. And I launched in January. So my intention with the blog is just to share my experiences and also just share beauty tips, style tips and self development tips to help people who might, you know, have shared the same thoughts as me. So that was really my, my inspiration. And of course, seeing other bloggers do their thing throughout the years inspired me a lot. That's really great to hear. What are some of the pros that you found of having a blog compared to other social media accounts like Instagram or say Twitter? I would say just having the space to ramble. I'm a rambler. I can't tell a short story. So I think having um, a space to just share all of my thoughts, what I'm thinking, whereas other platforms, you're limited to a few characters. So having a blog, it's very liberating, just knowing that people are going on to my blog and, you know, reading my thoughts and just being able to, you know, share everything that's on my mind. I think that's really a pro to blogging and just, you know, sharing visuals, having a space that I can kind of call my home and that people can go to anytime and feel welcome there. I think that's definitely the biggest pro for me. Mm-hmm. I totally get the rambling thing. I'm honestly the same way. <laughs> right. <laughs> and which blog post are you the most proud of so far? Um, I would say a huge part of the blog blogging process for me is putting out content that I'm not only proud of, but content that comes from the heart and that I feel could genuinely help others. So every post that's up there, I'm truly proud of. But to answer your question, I would say my recent post about burnout and also the post about recreating yourself in the new year are posts that I'm really proud of because I'm all about improving yourself in your own way. And checking in with yourself. So I think those were some of my most vulnerable and honest posts that I really put my heart in to kind of help people navigate through this year and onwards. Your Instagram is mainly lifestyle content, but also fashion. Is there a specific area you want to move your blog into here? Um, I really like that question because I think, you know, you might go on my page and 
yes, I'm a lifestyle blogger and I post beauty and fashion, but it's like, okay, what else do I do? And that's something that I've been thinking about a lot this year. And even just in the past year with, you know, the emergence of so many social justice, justice issues happening, I definitely want to tap in more of that. Because if you go on my page, you know, I don't have anything on my feed, but I take to my stories to kind of share things that are going on with other groups, other communities and helping other people. So definitely social justice issues is something I'd like to explore more on my platform, but also just continuing to explore fashion and style, all the things that I love and finding a way to mix them all together. Down the last year, I've been like more aware of social justice issues, and I'm also like into fashion and lifestyle. So I totally like understand your viewpoint on that. Exactly. I think a lot of your followers and your readers can definitely resonate with all of the content that you are posting. I hope so. Thank you. Um, so your May blog post was about dealing with burnout, particularly as you continue on in this pandemic. So for our listeners who may haven't read your post yet, would you like to briefly share your strategies for dealing with burnout? For sure. So on that blog post, I kind of just dove into the whole topic about, you know, this kind of like hustle culture. And I feel like so many people feel like they always have to be doing something. And I think burnout is one of those things that you don't realize you have it until you sit down and admit like I'm exhausted. And sometimes it just it takes a while to realize that because there's so many responsibilities, so many things we all have to do. So I think burnout, the most important thing is just to admit that you have it and that it's okay because it's easy to overwork yourself and in this fast-paced world we live in as i said in my blog post it's easy to lose sight of that so i think just taking care of yourself putting yourself first and accepting that you might not always be there for your loved ones but that they'll love you anyways because i feel like there's pressure for us to be there for the people in our lives and then we neglect ourselves so i think that's a huge part and of course just coping mechanisms and activities like going for a walk working out drawing you know people have different ways to recharge and i don't think there is one right way so i think just finding what makes you happy personally that always works so much better than just trying to put up a front and say, I'm fine, you know, nothing's wrong. Like just admitting that you're not okay is perfectly fine. And it's a great start. I love that. Just taking time for yourself and just admitting that sometimes you just need that space to take care of yourself. Exactly. Talking about like hustle culture, like you just said, um, there's many self-help books that um, some of them do like promote hustle culture in like an unhealthy way. Like I've definitely like tried to like read certain um, books and like find that they like, promote the idea of like working hustle culture to the point where it like leads to burnout and um there's been an influx of videos that i'd like to recommend it on like youtube that are like i do not aspire to have a career um not too sure if you've like, seen those type of videos i have yes <laughs> so like you know it's like the concept that um, we do not have to aspire to be super packed um to have super packed entrepreneur schedules rather like acquire wealth and like live on a farm or like just chill like not necessarily um, the idea of working nine to five till like you die. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Does it align with your future? I think, yeah, I think that's definitely, I watch a ton of those videos too, by the way. And I love, you know, those self-development books and all of those conversations. I think like hustle culture and working nine to five, being an entrepreneur, it's, it's different for everyone. Not everyone can be an entrepreneur. And that's something that I've learned, like watching these videos and things like that. Not everyone, you know, wants to be an entrepreneur and that's totally fine. I feel like a lot of people with the wake of, you know, side hustles and people, some people put down um, nine to five jobs. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with either or. I think there are people who will thrive in their nine to five job and have a perfect you know, career and happy life. And then there's some people who don't wanna work for anyone um, who hates capitalism and just wants to um, you know, put their future take their future and put it into their own hands. So I think with that conversation, it's just a matter of finding what's good for you. Some people um, are happier being independent. And I think with, what's so amazing about social media is there's so many opportunities to be your own boss and to you know take on different projects and explore yourself where back in the day, many people didn't have that. Our parents didn't have that. They had to go to their job and provide for their families. Now we have a little bit more freedom to, you know, explore our passions and what excites us. So I think definitely listening to what you want and not being thrown to each side and just seeing what's right for you, seeing what fits your lifestyle. So if you're not about the hustle culture, be honest with yourself and say, yes, I have to pay the bills, but I also don't wanna do this forever. I wanna find ways to make myself happy that don't require work. So I think it's just a matter of seeing where you fit in that puzzle and you know, going, going for that. Yeah, I definitely do think it's like, um, you're, you're finding like your own personal journey. I think a lot of people like kind of misinterpret some books in terms of it being like, it's a one size fit all, but it definitely like, isn't like in my experience like I don't think hustle culture is like for everyone like you kind of have to like figure out like what are your strengths and how can you like maximize that it could be like nine five not necessarily like a negative thing exactly well said so what is your opinion on the current state of diversity of the beauty and lifestyle influencer area I think on on one hand on the more optimistic side I do think you know, more conversations are being had and I think it is getting better. Um, you know, when I first started, you know, when I first started reading blogs and, and, and joining Instagram for the first time, I didn't see many people who look like me. I didn't see many women of color. Now, when you go on Instagram, you see so many types of beauty, so many forms of beauty, different body shapes, different, you know, skin colors. So I think on the optimistic side, it has gotten a lot better but I think there's still so much work that needs to be done. I think representation will always fundamentally be key. You know, seeing people who look like you thriving in areas you want to enter, you know, it inspires you and it, it encourages you to keep going. But, you know, from speaking from my experience as a black woman, I think black women certainly face barriers that other women may not just as, you know, Asian women, Latina women, like so many other women of color face specific issues that no one would understand. And I think representation has been something that, you know, is, is lacking in every industry, but especially in the influencer world. So like oftentimes black women have to prove why they're worthy of having a seat at the table whereas some women simply need to show up and they're given the opportunity so I think it's important to give women of color and black women in my case especially the space to be themselves and have the opportunity to excel even a lot of brands I, I feel like were exposed last summer um, for what appeared to be performative um, activism and it encouraged a lot of people to think long and hard about which companies they want to continue su supporting and you know whether or not their commitments to diversity are real or just for show. Are you referring to the pull up or shut up movement from last summer? Yes even now just when you know just seeing brands for example, clothing brands and the models that they hire, you know, you see a lot of the same faces. And I think just being an influencer, seeing other bloggers that are, are also Black or also women of color, I think is important now because 
it, it like I said, it's gotten better, but there's still so much work to be done. Even just, I've watched videos about other black influencers saying that they were paid much, much lower than their you know white counterparts. So I think in that regard, I think there's so much work to be done because it's very under the rug. I think these problems are so like deeply rooted that more it needs to be exposed more and more opportunities need to be given for women of color. Yeah, transparency is definitely like the first step. I think a lot of people in companies, they're not even like aware of what like your co white coworkers are making. So the minute you have that conversation, then you can like move forward. But I think like definitely like beginning with like transparency and like everything you said, I like, totally like, think that's like the right direction to go into. Exactly, totally agree. On TikTok, there are people, are you on TikTok? These apps. Not as much occasionally. <laughs> But there's definitely like people that will blow up from not doing anything other than just like dancing. But mm -hmm. all of the people like at least I've like seen that like are blowing up, they're all like white people. And like, where like a black person, like every single for you page, they're making a comedy joke or like they're like doing something like really big, but then I'll like see a white person just dancing and that's like two million views. Um, like do you think that this is because like I know a lot of people like to say it's like more like coincidence, or do you think like there's like the platform is favoring white people? If there was like I think a report that said that. TikTok like censors people who don't like or who aren't like white and like look a certain way. I think it's a bit of both. I mean, you can say it's luck and you can say it's, you know, things just go viral randomly, but I think there, um, there's a lot more at hand. I definitely saw that conversation on Twitter where, you know, black people are often the, like the original creators of certain dance moves, certain dance challenges, but they're never given credit. And then as soon as, you know, a white creator posts the exact same thing, it blows up, they get paid collabs after that. They, they work with many other people and it just goes viral. So I think that's definitely a downside with social media. It's kind of like, what's the standard and what do people look to versus a you know, acknowledging people for their talent and for their hard work and black people oftentimes like they do create these choreographies, they do create these dances that are at the root of TikTok that literally make TikTok what it is, but they're not given credit for it. So that's definitely something that does need to change, not just on Twitter, but across all social media platforms. I definitely agree. Yeah, just speaking about um, social media platforms, I remember like last year when like George Floyd died, I remember like I was in social media and like I would just see pictures of like his death and like, constantly like, see images of like traumatic things that I personally don't even want to see as someone who's not even his family so like I was like really like affected by that do you think like social media people like kind of dehumanize black lives and like I can't stand watching a video of it yet people are like sharing it on like their stories as if it's like a normal thing um so I have two points for that um in my honest opinion I think on the one hand sometimes people need to see that raw material in order to really understand that cause because the murder of George Floyd, I think woke the world up and quite literally in that short clip, which felt like forever, it, it really showed people graphically, you know, the horrors that the black community is going through. But I think there's so much, it shouldn't be the only thing that's shared. That's the most important thing. It shouldn't be the only thing that's shared because there's so much more to the black experience than our suffering. And there's so many other ways to show support. So I definitely think for the black community, I think we need to give ourselves that break from seeing that material because it, it's definitely hard for us to see it. And, and it's not easy, you know, you never want to see, you know, somebody dying on your screen. But I think at times, 
people need to see that because the world I find was so was very ignorant to these things that are happening. And when they finally saw it with their eyes, they they empathized and they it, they realized that they didn't understand what was happening. So I think that graphic material, it shouldn't be the only thing that's shared, but I do think there's some value in showing people what they're not seeing. So yeah, I think it, it was hard for sure, but I think it, it, it exposed a lot of the corruption and, and the justice system and the policing system. So those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, I definitely do agree with the point that it shouldn't be the only thing being shared because like you're right, it does like open people's eyes, but you definitely do need to like share more than just like the images. Exactly. Like you can share resources, you can share petitions and, you know, you can share black joy. Like there's so much, you know, to the black experience that that's not just us, you know, dying. So I think having those diverse, um, that diverse content shared, and that's, that's how you're an active ally with any group, with any movement, with any cause is showing the multiple layers within that movement and, and, you know, giving people the voice to share their, their thoughts as well. And I love what you bring up about sharing the Black joy as well. I'm not just sharing the trauma and the horrors that they go through, but also sharing the positivity in their movement as well and just sharing in that joy and just helping spread that. I think that's beautiful. Exactly. So last summer, throughout the Black Lives Matter movement, did you feel that as a Black content creator, there was an expectation from the society that you would have to speak out about the movement? And do you believe that Black people should have to educate non-Black individuals? Yeah, so to answer the first part of your question, I think as, as an influencer, even though I'm new to this still, as an influencer, I think there's sort of this instant expectation to respond to things that happen in the world. I think there's a responsibility to share. And I don't think that when, with any movement, in, in particular the Black Lives Matter movement, I think it's so much more you know, it's, it's important to educate yourself before you're quick to share, because being quick to share can be more harmful than not sharing at all. So I think with me, with the Black Lives Matter movement, I just felt a personal responsibility to share, not on my feed. If you see, I didn't post anything on my feed per se, but I took to my stories to share resources and to share history. And I think it's important to do that, to show your followers. But I don't think that Black people, it's their responsibility to educate people. I think it's our prerogative, whether we want to share or not, because, you know, we, we've lived this and it's to, to go out of our way to try and educate people and share people our experiences, I think isn't our responsibility. So I think for anyone who's not Black, I think they should take the initiative to share resources, to learn more as anyone. If there's something you don't know, some a group that you don't share similar experiences with to just educate yourself and not expect other people to educate you. So for me, I think it was just a personal responsibility, but it's not to say that a black person who didn't post doesn't care about the movement. I think it's just more so what you want to do and how what you're doing in, in your own home to help. Yeah, I'm like as a black woman as well. I, I did find like, posting it was helpful, and I had conversations with like people who are like who I've been friends with. And I do think that it's up to you because like I found that I like posting it, but like I wouldn't expect every single black person to post it. I think it definitely is like more like an individual choice. Exactly, I totally agree. And I think the responsibility to learn about the diversity and the and the things that other communities go through that's not 
up to the community members to go out and to educate other people. I think as a member of a society, it's up to each and every one of us to learn about our community and our fellow members who are living alongside. For sure. That's well said. I think it's being an ally is more so, you know, amplifying those voices instead of, you know, trying to force people to share their experiences or trying to speak for other people. So definitely like what you two are saying, having those conversations with people. And I think honestly, it's not just influencers. I think as long as you have an account, as long as you have followers, you're an influencer, you influence the people who follow you, you influence your neighbors, your, your family, your friends. So I think having conversations about important issues like social justice movements like Black Lives Matter movement for example I think it's important to have those conversations whether you have 10 followers 100 followers a million like it's important to keep those conversations going so I think everyone's initiative is valuable in their own unique way yeah kind of following up with that um, there's been a lot of debate around Blackout Tuesday and its tie to performative activism how did you feel about this and did you participate in um, Blackout Tuesday Yeah, so for any of your listeners who might not know what Blackout Tuesday was, it was basically a day last year um, in June where people, and essentially Instagram went black to show solidarity for the Black Lives Matter movement and people um, were posting black squares to sort of allow the black community to share their experiences and give them the platform. So with that, I think it's a bit wishy-washy. I think there definitely were people who were quick to like post a black square, maybe not knowing the weight of what they were actually posting. A lot of people were confused when the day came. I didn't post a black square. Instead, I kind of just continued to take to my stories. And I, I follow another content creator. Her name is Chrissy Ford. And she Basically, she posted an Instagram um, video explaining what it was and what it isn't, because there was a lot of confusion around that. And it was just a day to allow Black voices to be amplified. Um, I think that as a result of that day, I think it did open up a conversation about performative activism. And it's a debate to be had, you know, but I think that Most importantly, it was just a time to give voice to the Black experience, regardless of whether you posted a Black square or not. I think it was just a day to kind of pause Instagram. And that's not the only solution. I think people, some people kind of just stop there. I think it's more so what you do after that and how you continue to educate yourself and how you continue to be an active ally instead of just posting a Black square. If that's as far as you went, I think you might as well not just have posted, but if you continue to post and you continue to take that initiative, then I think that's the fundamental part of being an ally. I definitely do think I agree. It's more just posting. I definitely saw like some people who I know like never posted about this are like a little racist, posting a black square, being like, like you didn't do anything. Exactly. So I think it just woke people up and just saying like, okay, great, you posted a square, but it's like, okay, what are you doing outside of Instagram? What are you doing outside of Twitter? And how are you having these conversations outside of social media? Did you see um, 88 Rising? They posted a yellow square recently. I'm not quite sure if you're familiar with this, but so mm-hmm. with API, hate, obviously awareness is like important, but um, 88 Rising, Rising, they're like a group of like collective like music. Well, they posted a yellow square and then like almost deleted it immediately and received like a lot of black backlash for like what they were trying to do. Like, do you have any thoughts on that situation? I think that's something that's always going to be, you know, debated. Like, 
for example, when things happen for when things happen to other groups, you know, and it's blank lives matter. They change black lives matter. So it's kind of like the similar thing with a different color square. I think there'll always be debates on that. I don't know, for me, it's important to keep movements separate. It's important to, you know, um, you know, Black Lives Matter is what it is and, you know, stop Asian hate is what it is. And, you know, it's important to highlight each movement as its unique thing and not kind of try and blend or be like another movement. So I think, honestly, it's not, uh, there's no perfect activism. There's no perfect allyship. It's just, just it's just showing up and being there, there's no, I think on social media, you'll always be criticized for doing something. You'll always be criticized regardless, as long as you're showing up, speaking um, with others, not for others, and just showing up, you know, speaking from your own experiences and being willing to learn about other people's experiences. That's the most important thing. I think on Instagram, it, it can be a very toxic environment and people think that they know more or that, you know, they're quick to put fingers, but I think at the end of the day, as long as you're showing up and you're just continuing to educate yourself and you're supporting and encouraging others, I think that's all you can do. There's no perfect activism at all. That's definitely a good point. I think it also is important to like notice the source because 88 Rising is a capitalist organization and they've been accused a lot of taking from black culture. So like while this was like, um, like it was just a one Kind of thing it kind of appears it is important to like kind of go back but you are right there is like not a one size fits all type of solution mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. especially for like big corporations i think for them they have a much larger responsibility to know to give individual movements their own space i think when you're a huge multi-million um, dollar company i think you should give people that space and not try and rewrite their words there's room for everyone i think you know on social media there's this tendency to be like okay but my voice matters but wait my voice matters or your voice matters i think it's not about that i think it's common sense like everyone's voice does matter and we should all be equal and every every movement there's room for every movement so i think we need to keep that mentality when something happens to another group that's separate from our own it's not to say that speaking you know, with them is is not being an ally for your own your own movement. It's just we should all be there for each other. There's room for all of us. So I think that's really important and you highlighted that. That's a really good point that everyone is equal because I feel like a lot of people don't seem to understand the concept that like more than one group can be like uh, a subject of like hate crimes. Like no need to like comp compare it. Everyone is like valid and like all of like everyone struggles. Exactly. <laughs> like this is not a competition or anything close to that in any way. And I think every group goes through their unique struggles and unique experiences. And I think the movements should definitely reflect that, that uniqueness. A hundred percent. So what direction do you see your blog and your Instagram going towards in the future? That's a great question. Um, I honestly, I'm having a lot of fun with what I'm doing now, you know, posting about my just experiences as you know a student as a blogger and just tapping into fashion style but as i said before exploring social justice movements matter movements that matter to me like women's rights and all of those things so i definitely want to incorporate those things especially as i you know enter my final year in university applying what i learned to real life and you know sharing you know the things that i learn with my audience and continuing to have conversations with other people i think community is at 
the base of what I do. And I think community is so important to have people that you learn from and people you can educate as well and just having those conversations. So I definitely want my page to be not just about me, but about, you know, the people who I follow and I follow the conversations we have, whether it's about, like we're talking about social justice movement or fashion, beauty. I just want it to be very interactive. So that's definitely where I want to take it and just see where it goes and continuing to have opportunities like this. I've had so much fun talking to you both today and just I want to continue having those conversations with other people too about different things, several things. There's so many things to talk about. So definitely want to continue doing that in the future. Tend off, who are three people in the blogging space that you admire and could recommend to our listeners? Probably the hardest question because there's so many people that inspire me, not just being, not just on a cliche, but quite literally every time I go on Instagram, um, I'm just inspired by so many of the amazing, you know, people that I follow. Um, and just not even just in general, within fashion, within style, within activism, there's so many incredible people. There are three women though, uh, maybe five, but three women um, who at the beginning of my blogging and influencing career inspired me. They're some of the women who I, I met in the beginning. Lauren, her, you can find her at I Am Lola Co. She's you know a wellness and beauty blogger. She's She's very incredible just the things she posts she's very vulnerable and open and she shares so many great tips with her audience and she was a, a helping hand right from the beginning and I did look to her for advice so she she has inspired me as well as my friend Lynn you can find her at Lynn Yan Waynes um, L-I-N-Y-A-N-W-E-N-E-S on Instagram and she blogs as well she's also beauty lifestyle content creator and she also has a podcast so you should definitely check her out on Instagram as well as Catherine her URL is K-T-Z-A-H-O-R-A-K and again, she posts her life experiences, her storytelling, and she inspired me from the beginning of this influencing career. So yeah, she's definitely um, someone who's inspired me. And also a special highlight to my sister. She has um, a blog on Instagram called Unwind Toronto. Unwind T-O is the URL where she highlights Black creatives, professionals, gives incredible advice and shares wellness tips everything on there is so amazing what she's doing and lastly her best friend um, at black girl feels you can find her on instagram as well both wellness and she shares you know tips for black women and people you know of all you know walks of life within the black community and they both share wellness tips so I could list so many people, but they inspire me so much uniquely with what they do and they have incredible conversations on their platforms. So I would definitely look to them. You could go on my page and find them in my following list, I'm sure. Just look through my following list basically is my answer. <laughs> love that you gave more than three. We definitely do love like encouraging, like sharing more of the people you know, because like, at the end of the day, we need to like uplift everyone. For sure, exactly. Thanks so much for speaking with us today, Kunti. We had a fantastic time learning about everything that you do and your future directions. It's so incredible to hear about. 
Likewise, it was so much fun getting to speak with you both. I can tell you're just both on a great trajectory in your life and your career. And I hope we can chat again. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. And I hope your listeners took something from this conversation. And I'm sure they'll learn a lot from you guys in your future endeavors.